uh, if you wouldn't mind opening your Bibles or tablets or what, what have you to the Gospel of John, we will be in chapter 18, and we will be reading uh, verses 33 through 37. Again, that's John chapter 18, 33 through 37. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again and summoned Jesus. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests has handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the word of the Lord. I have a very important question for you all. Does anyone in here use the Facebook memories feature? Yeah, a few of you. Uh, If you aren't familiar with the Facebook memories feature, what Facebook memories is, It's both a blessing and a curse. It lets you see what you have posted on that day, uh, but in the years past. So if I got on Facebook today uh, and clicked on the little memories thing, I would be taken back to memories from November 25th of 2017, 16, 15, all the way back to like 2007, whenever I first made my Facebook. And I love Facebook memories because it's a lot of fun going back and seeing my memories and seeing where I've been and how I've grown. And I hate Facebook memories because it can be terrible looking back at my memories and seeing things I have done and where I have been. And uh, speaking of Facebook memories, I got on Facebook memories the other week, actually, excuse me, earlier this week, and I was inundated with all these photos from my freshman year of college. And Carson, I believe we have a few of these pictures. That is me when I was about 18 years old, freshman year of college, and we've got a few more. Um, there I am, right there on the right. I, get, I believe there's two more. Oh, that, that just very wide. And then, all right, so this is the final picture I have. And I know it's a blurry picture. It was, uh, it was what, 2010. We didn't have the iPhone X and all that. It was, it was a different time. And so, as with all pictures, there is a story attached to these. And so, uh, the story... Uh, that belongs to these photos goes something like this. Now, before I say this story, if you're someone who hates people who listen to and sing Christmas music before it's Thanksgiving, you're going to hate this story. Because what me and my friends did, we were hanging out one night, uh, and we felt like we received an inspiration from the Lord. And what the Lord was revealing to us is that we should go to Goodwill and we should buy all this ugly Christmas sweater gear and all that, and we should go to the girls' dorms and the girls' apartments and sing Christmas carols to them. Now, if you're wondering, wow, Drew, what a romantic idea you and your friends had, all I will say to that end is that I started college as a single person and I graduated college as a single person. (laughs) So you figure that out for yourself. 
So my friends and I, we go to the Goodwill in Mount Vernon, Ohio, and we get our Christmas gear, and the caroling is on, and we bring it full force, as any 18-year-old guy might do. And we start knocking on girls' doors that we have never met, that we do not know at all, and we sing as loudly and as obnoxiously to these women as we can. And let me tell you, New Beginnings, we sounded terrible. Uh, uh, imagine like the most beautiful, there's eight of us there, I counted. Imagine the most beautiful eight-part harmony that you've ever heard in your life, and we were the exact opposite of that. Throw that out the window. And if you're also wondering, huh, I wonder if their main song of choice was Feliz Navidad, you would be correct. The song that we sang to most doors that we went to was Feliz Navidad because it's a fun song, it's upbeat, we liked it, and so that's the song we sang. Now the thing about my idiot friends and I choosing Feliz Navidad to sing is that just about all of us, the only words we knew to the Spanish part of that song was Feliz Navidad. And so we just mumbled really loudly the rest of the song and made up dumb words, and we were just basically a manifestation of stupid Americans who never learned how to spoke one other language. And so... Uh, yeah, we were singing Feliz Navidad, and we go to, uh, at one point, we're, we're at the, uh, some, the courtyard of the girls' apartments, and in the courtyard, there is a bench on each corner, and it's a really big courtyard, a really big, nice, grassy field, and sitting uh, on a bench is a girl, what I'm assuming to be sitting outside her, of her apartment, and she's on the phone, and so me and my friends, we like sprint across uh, the courtyard, and we all just surround this poor girl. And like, I think we got on our knees and started singing Feliz Navidad or Oh Holy Night or I don't know. And we just like sing to her. And she was on the phone, and retrospectively, that was probably pretty rude, but she was smiling and laughing and having a good time. And so we just had some fun. So fast forward about a week or so, and this was after Thanksgiving break had ended, and I was riding back to Mount Vernon from Cincinnati. Uh, riding back to school, and I was having car troubles at the time. So one of my friends uh, let me ride back with her and her friends to Mount Vernon. Well, I'm in the car, and we're making small talk, and one of her friends looks at me, and she goes, oh my gosh, were you one of those Christmas caroler guys? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that was me. She, I was like, did we sing to you? Like, I, I, I don't recognize you. I'm so sorry. She's like, yeah, I was the girl that was on the bench. You interrupted my phone call. I was like, ah. I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to do that. We were just trying to have fun. And so we, we just kind of laughed about it. But um, it was kind of one of those moments where I, it, I was interacting with someone uh, whom I had previously interacted with but didn't recognize. Have you ever been in that scenario where like, you don't recognize someone who definitely recognizes you? Or maybe someone is like, hey, Amanda, and you're like, hey, you... How's it going? And you just can't remember their name. Maybe you know their face. That happened to me at Breakaway. This lady, which was uh, just an all-nighter, this lady with like all the confidence in the world looked at me and was like, hey, Drew. And I like stared at her for like five seconds. Like, is she talking to me? She's clearly said my name. But I just, I just went with it. I was like, hey, how's life? Did not recognize her. Didn't remember her name. Uh, and that can kind of be awkward. It can kind of be embarrassing, not recognizing someone. I wasn't terribly embarrassed when the girl, uh, I didn't recognize the girl whom I had sung to because I think I was just so caught up in the moment. 
having fun, that it didn't really matter who I was singing to. It just mattered that my dumb friends and I, we can, we can probably take that off the screen. <laughs> what mattered most is that me and my friends just had someone to whom we could sing or yell at or whatever it was. And I think that's kind of what's happening in our text this morning. I think Jesus is standing before Pilate, and Pilate doesn't fully recognize who it is that's standing in front of him. Um, he doesn't really realize that Jesus, the Son of God, the prophesied Messiah, is who he has under his quote-unquote control or quote-unquote arrest. Because again, standing right in front of Pontius Pilate is the very per- person that was prophesied about in the book of Daniel from the text that James read for us earlier. Standing in front of Pilate is the one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. Don't you know who's standing in front of you, Pilate? Don't you know that the one who's standing in front front of you will be given dominion and glory and kingship and that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him and his dominion, Pilate, is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. In fact, all of the lectionary texts today, except for the gospel text, all of them speak of the reign of God in Christ. And if you're unfamiliar with what the lectionary is, don't worry. I didn't know what it was until I got to seminary. All it really is is this collection of texts that are on a three-year cycle, and every Sunday the church reads from those texts. So three years from now, we will be getting a sermon again from John chapter 18. And all of the texts that aren't the gospel texts, all of them, Speak of the reign of God or the reign of Christ. Now, I'm not going to go read and through all, go through and read all of them, but I am going to read a couple snippets of them. 2 Samuel 23 reads that the God of Israel has spoken, and the rock of Israel has said to me, one who rules over people justly, ruling in the fear of God, is like the light of the morning, like the sun rising on a cloudless morning, gleaming from rain on the grassy land. And Psalm 132 reads, The Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. Psalm 93 reads that the Lord is king and the Lord is robed in majesty. He is robed and girded with strength. He has established the world and it shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. And Revelation 1 reads, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Oh, don't you know, Pilate? It's so interesting to me that all of these texts are saturated with the reign that God will have over creation. Yet when we get to the gospel text, which is the story of Jesus, which is the story of this God who will reign in the flesh, We see Jesus, we see God being put on trial. We see Jesus standing before this governmental ruler and he's having his own authority called into question. Don't you know who's standing in front of you, Pilate? This is God we're talking about. This is God, the creator of all things, who spoke and from God's very mouth came all of creation. The rain we're seeing right now, the snow that we'll see later, the mountains, the grass and the trees and all vegetation sprang forth into life. 
the moment that God spoke and God looked at this creation and he reigned over it and it was good and it was right and pure and God looked at it and God said, you know, this is really good and I like it, but I think we're missing something. And so God created humanity. He created Adam and he created Eve and Adam and Eve had this unmediated access with God and they loved God and God loved them and everything was good and right and pure. And now... This God who created everything good and right and pure is standing before him whom he created. Uh, and he is being called into question under this political authority. As if any earthly political authority has the right to question the eternal one, the great I am, the alpha and the Omega. Standing before Pilate is all of eternity. And eternity wasn't recognized because the lure of power had blinded Pilate's sight. Don't you know, Pilate? And you know, I wonder how many times we have committed the same mistake as Pilate. I know that I have. I've done it time and time again. I probably did it this week. Where we have failed to recognize that all of eternity is right in front of us because we put our hope We put our faith in earthly hopes, in earthly kingdoms, in governments, in powers. And we don't put our hope in this Alpha and Omega who is and who was and who is to come. How many times has eternity been standing right in front of us and it's just right over our head? And please hear my heart. I'm not saying this to make us feel guilty or to make us feel bad. New Beginnings Church, you are a good people. We are a good people. People, but sometimes we do dumb stuff. In the way that Scripture says that, the scriptural version of we do dumb stuff sometimes is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3, uh, verse 23. But you know what the very next verse is after all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? The very next two verses are they are now justified by His grace as, to, as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. Our faith ought not be put in the rulers and in the authorities of this world. It was the rulers and the authorities of this world who put Jesus on the cross. And yes, that was a really long time ago. And please don't mishear me. I'm not saying the American government would crucify Jesus. All I'm saying is that our hope is not in the American government any more than Pilate's hope was in the Roman government. Our hope lies only in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus Christ's kingdom will have no end and it will never fall or be destroyed. But again, I wonder how often this kingdom of God has come near and we just fail to understand And it's not because we're horrible people. We're trying, church. We are. I do believe that. But I think maybe part of the problem lies with one of the last verses of today's text. Jesus says to Pilate, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. I think we often fall into the habit of listening to the voices of power and authority here and not listening to the power and authority of the uh, ruler of all creation. And when this happens, when we fail to listen to the voice of Jesus, we no longer hear Jesus when he says things to people like the woman caught in adultery who had broken the law and who stood rightly condemned according to the Jewish law. 
We no longer listen to Jesus when he looks at her and says, I do not contemn you. You are free. Go and sin no more. We don't hear Jesus when he says to the little children of his day, who, by the way, little children in that time and in that context were thought useless. Uh, They were kind of just a nuisance. They couldn't contribute to society. and They were just in the way. They were not how we view children now. We don't listen to Jesus when he says to these little ones, let the little children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom belongs. And we no longer listen to Jesus when he says in Mark chapter 7, verse 9, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your own tradition. Now, we could be here all day listening to big lists of things that Jesus says that we don't always listen to or hear, but we don't really need to hear that uh, anymore. What we need to hear Today are the words of Mark chapter 1, verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. New beginnings, the kingdom of God has come near. It is not far off. And I know that times are hard right now. I do not doubt that. And I hear our struggles and I see them And I know it's hard and that we live in a very politicized and divisive society. And that at times it seems that our only hope might lie in political leaders or authorities from this world. And so then we say things like, well, hey, at least it wasn't the person on that side of the political aisle that got elected. But church, the good news for us today is that Christ's kingdom of hope and new life has come near. And it is Christ who is leading and who is guiding that kingdom Jesus, who entered the very clutches of death, which were ordered by the governmental powers of his day, rendered death defeated, and has established a kingdom of hope for all people, and it will not have an end. And this voice of Jesus is calling us into that kingdom, and it sounds something like, I know it's hard, and I know it's scary, but I am with you, and I will not abandon my creation unto death, and I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you, and I am here, and I am bringing my kingdom here and now. May we listen to this voice of truth. And may we know and may we be reminded that this voice of truth calls us to action, that it is necessary for us to believe, that it is necessary for us to have faith. Trust is a part of this without question, but Jesus calls us to act and not act on the name of this or that political party or on behalf of ourselves or on behalf of what have you. We are called to act in the name of our resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ, who brings peace and who brings unity. What that means is that when we talk to people, we talk to them like Jesus would. And when we interact with someone that we don't always agree with, we interact with them the way Jesus does. And I will say that's probably one of the hardest things for me to do right there. When we vote, because it is good to vote, we vote with the kingdom of God first and foremost on our hearts and on our minds. And when we see people who look and who act and who think and who do different things than we do, we don't try and and block them off, but we welcome them with open and loving arms because that is the way of the kingdom that has been revealed to us through Jesus Christ. And I have seen this church do so well in my two years here at loving people. You all have welcomed the stranger and you have loved the other so well. New beginnings, 
is a place where God's kingdom has come near. And I hope, and this is my prayer, that it will continue to be a place where people are so radically loved that the rest of the world and the rest of Lee Summit looks at Chipman Commons and says, I don't really know what's going on over there, but I want to be a part of that. And I think that's happening right now with this story of Angelica. I hope that our community sees the way that you all have risen up and taken in this stranger, taken in this other who is different than us and yet loved her all the same. May this continue to be a place where the peace and hope of Christ is offered to all who come through the doors, to all who step foot on this property. And yes, there have been seasons where we've fallen short. There's been seasons where we've done dumb stuff. There's been times where we may have failed to listen to the voice of Jesus. But to repeat the words of Romans 3, 24, 25, we are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. Today, may we hold fast to the hope that Christ is Lord and Caesar is not. May we hold to the hope that Christ's kingdom has come near. May we not be like Pilate and fail to see eternity standing right in front of us, but instead may we listen to the voice of truth, as I have seen you all do so well, which guides all creation into God's reigning kingdom. Today, tomorrow, and all of the days ahead, may we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Amen.